Welcome to episode 175 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the fireworks or not edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, who is on the road this week. Uh, he is an, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman, and a scholar, and one of Jacksonville Jaguars' biggest fans. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? I am doing great, Phil. Of course, yeah, on the road this week, but yeah, able to make it in here. But yeah, um, definitely a interesting weekend of racing at Nashville and all that stuff. So yeah, ready to get, in, get into it. Yep. We'll go over all three series, major series of NASCAR that ran at Nashville Super Speedway. Ross Chastain gets his first win in, uh, what is it, 14 months uh, by at Nashville. And dominant, honestly. In, in his performance, even though the two main teams that have done uh, work this season, a.k.a. Toyota and and uh, Hendrick, uh, stood out. A.J. Allmendinger won the Xfinity race in a wreck fest. Carson Hosevar gets his second win of the year in trucks with three races to go in their regular season, so that's a huge win for him. Uh, we'll... Go over some of the things that have gone on in the world of motorsports in the last week. Uh, in between the roundup, which is busy, we'll be talking about MotoGP and Moto2 at Assen, which uh, saw uh, Fabio, or not Fabio Quattararo, uh, Peco Bagnaia get yet another win. Fabio Quattararo winning a race is not something that really happens anymore. Uh, we'll talk about the six hours at the Glen, which saw... Porsche initially win the race overall, but uh, they got disqualified, and the BMW ALL team uh, got the overall victory, and then uh, the Lexus team won in both GT categories. Talk about NHRA, WRC, Formula E, F1 Academy. We'll start, and we'll also do previews for World Superbikes, Indy Next, FIM World Supercross Opener, and F2 and F3 at uh, Austria Red Bull Ring, which will lead into the very brief Austrian Grand Prix preview. Uh, the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. We'll definitely spend a little more time on that one for IndyCar. Cup and Xfinity at the Chicago Street Course. What will probably be a clusterfuck, um, at least one of the days. Personally, I'm hoping the Cup race is a cluster. And the Xfinity race is just bore fest because nobody's really going to care. And then Josh will tell us all things going on in the world of sim racing, iRacing, and gaming in his sim segment, and we'll close the deal. But first, let's, uh, I mean, before we we go and move on to anything else, uh, give our condolences to Jimmy Johnson and his wife, Chandra, uh, at this time. Uh, after the uh, terrible news that came out earlier today um, for what went on uh, where um, his parents or his in-laws and their uh, and their nephew and their and the grandson were or were murdered in a murder suicide um, woman said found one victim yeah so. I, yeah, we're not going to get into all of that. We're not going to get to all the details of it. It's an ongoing investigation. It's a horrible thing. Um, but um, 
our uh, prayers, um, condolences to Jimmy Johnson, Chandra Johnson, uh, their their children, the whole entire family at this uh, difficult time. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was um, going to race this weekend at Chicago, but uh, has withdrawn from the um, the race. But so um, we'll see what happens with him and how long it'll be, and if we'll see him any time the rest of the year. Um, a lot to deal with. Unfortunately, a very sad situation for him and his family at this time. But in trying to change it up, trying to spin it back to recent the recent results, the uh, events, NBC comes back for the first time in 2023, immediately does a better job of broadcasting NASCAR than Fox. But, I mean, to be fair, are we really shocked? Fox doesn't really know how to broadcast anything well. Um, and, I mean, they didn't really have a lot to work with. This weekend, in terms of the races at Nashville between the Cup and Xfinity, but Ross Chastain said he had taken a few weeks off, um, essentially from uh, being up front. Everyone said, "Oh well, Rick Hendrick neutered him, and all these other people." In the end, he qualified on his first career pole, was up front for both stages, led the most laps, passed Martin Truex for the win. It was a dominating performance for Ross Chastain, uh, probably the best performance he's had in his cup career, and quite po- possibly the best performance he's ever had um, as a driver in one of NASCAR's top three series. Um, Ross Chastain with the victory from pole, Martin Truex second, Denny Hamlin, William Clyde Elliott the second, and Larson the top five. William Byron, 6th, Christopher Bell, 7th, Eric Jones from 23rd to 8th for Legacy, Uh, Kyle Busch, and A.J. Allmendinger, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, rounded out the top 10. Uh, Tyler Reddick won the first stage, but then uh, had a tire fall off uh, during one of them pit stops, and uh, that basically ruined his day. Uh, Ryan Blaney hit a wall that didn't have a safer barrier and was the only person that fell out of the race. Uh, He comes out and says that's the hardest that he's ever had. So credit to NASCAR for making having a clean sheet of paper to make a race car and then making a GT3 car with Dallara, who's not been known for making great race cars in general. And um, making a car that's so stiff that you're going to that one guy's retired and a couple of there's been a lot of sheet time now with these drivers, and the fact that Blaney passed concussion protocol is surprising to me. Uh, I kind of figured when he said all that and way the way everything went, I thought he was going to need a fill in uh, this weekend, which would have been interesting to see who the hell they would have gotten to fill in. Probably would have been Zane Smith, um, but thankfully Blaney is all right and he'll be there this weekend. Um, other than that, nothing really significant in, in amongst that, but Ross Chastain solidifies himself in the playoffs. Josh, uh, gets his first win of the year, goes and moves himself right back into fifth in points based on the, you know, playoff standings, um, tied for the overall or tied for second in points, actually, since Martin Truex is the overall points leader. Um, so he, he's, he's in the mix. 
uh, was it 12 and 18 points out of the overall lead going into a wild card race. But Ross Chastain, we haven't seen Trackhouse win in a while. Convenient place for them to win. They're one of their home tracks uh, to go and win at Nashville. And um, I mean, people want to go and no sell Ross Chastain, but when he has a piece, he had to make moves to win that race, and he did. And the guy finished second in points last year. So let's, and Hale Mellon or not, he finished second in points last year. Uh, he has now solidified himself in the playoffs, Josh. And um, whether it's Hendrick or Gibbs or whoever, you're going to have to worry about this guy. Yeah, I mean, Ross Chastain, first of all, early in the season uh, was leading the points, but I think really he was leading the points based off of uh, accumulating stage points and stage wins. So I think um, that a lot of those points that he accumulated there were um, just you know carrying him throughout the you know first third of the season and you know, up until uh, the Darlington race back in the middle of May on Mother's Day, um, it seemed like maybe he was the guy leading the point standings um, and possibly a championship contender and then had his deal with Kyle Larson putting him into the wall at Darlington and kind of fell off the face of the earth. And we were all like, well, where the hell's Ross Chastain? Now, all of a sudden, um, you know, a year after his uh, gateway incident with Denny Hamlin, comes back to that race and runs mid-pack the whole way. And we're all like, well, where the hell is this guy? And he's completely disappeared. And it's like he's not even good anymore or even competitive. And now off week comes along. Now we're here at Nashville, comes out, wins the pole, and wins the race very competitive, very dominant throughout the entire event. So um, very convincing win. Uh, first true oval win, uh, as you know, they've mentioned, you know, one at Coda last year and at Talladega, the super speedway oval. So first true oval win for him uh, in the cup series. And, you know, finally uh, a very you know convincing one where he led 99 laps and won the pole. So yeah, it was a really good um, effort by him. Um, and, you know, he had a really good car, probably could have won stage two if he had a, a few more laps. He was catching uh, Truex and Hamlin there uh, to end that stage, but it just kind of ran out of time there and, you know, ended up getting up there for uh, stage three and was able to take the lead off of that and was able to on to lead throughout the end of the uh, stage three race with pit stops and uh, all that um, took place place during um, that last part of the race, held off uh, Truex there at the very end, um, used the ability to take away Truex's line uh, throughout that, and Truex ended up burning their right rear tire, so um, couldn't, you know, he wasn't able to get up there and really get alongside. Truex tried to do everything he could, but couldn't get up there, so yeah, definitely a, a good uh, effort there by Trackhouse. Um, I think, you know, they could have been up there um, you know, even with Daniel Suarez, and he had issues too, but seemed like they were both primed for a good weekend. So, um, and they win at their, I guess what they're calling their corporate home track based on where Trackhouse is doing business now. Um, I think they're still shot or based in Charlotte as far as the shop is, but I think eventually they're going to put all their operations out there in uh, Nashville and try to kind of claim that as a home uh, track, which is kind of, or um, area, which is kind of interesting because, you know, obviously not. 99% of all NASCAR teams are in Mooresville, North Carolina, or in that surrounding vicinity. So interesting to see how that works. But um, And the Trackhouse team, Ross Chastain, seems like they're back. And yeah, like you said, now um, 
has his spot in the playoffs uh, sealed. So we'll see what they do the rest of the way if um, you know this run continues and he's able to run up front. Uh, or does he go back to kind of what he was the last couple of weeks and this one's just a one-off, but he's in the playoffs. And I guess, you know, ultimately we're going to see if they have this type of speed uh, come the playoffs time in September. And, you know, if they're able to maintain that and make it back to the final four where they were last year. That's something to figure out. I mean, we got nine races to go in the regular season now, a few wild cards, including this coming weekend, multiple road courses, Daytona to be the as a closer atlanta so two super speedway type races you have what three road course races and then you have the one-offs like new hampshire pocono michigan in there as well so that basically covers the whole entire summer season leading into the playoff but i think with ross getting that victory the way he did the focus is going to be on daniel suarez now who has been off for most of the year and trying to solidify him in because I think the win will really matter now. Uh, last year with the way the parody was in this series, 19 different drivers won, 15 drivers won prior to the start of the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, that this is not the same deal. Hendrick and Gibbs have kind of done what they've usually done for many years. And uh, I think that if you can win a race, and you're not in one of those teams, uh, it's going to be a big deal. You're going to make the playoffs for sure. Um, and that discounts the fact that Clyde hasn't won. Bowman hasn't won. Bowman's on the bump spot at the moment, points-wise. I think he just got, well, no, he's still in the bump spot. And then uh, you got Keebler Gibbs, who's on the, on the, uh, on the, tra- right on the edge there. So entirely possible. Uh, only 10 points behind Suarez, actually, there you go. So uh, going through the points, Martin Truex, the overall points leader over William Byron and Ross Chastain tied for second. And then you have Kyle Busch fourth in points. Uh, just bring it up this way. Or Kyle Busch is actually fifth in points. Um, so Truex, Byron, Chastain, Bell, Busch, Harvick, Hamlin, Harvick's the highest in points for somebody who hasn't won yet. Hamlin, Blaney, Larson, Logano. Then you have Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher, the RFK guys, Tyler Reddick, oh, Richard, um, seventeen seventy six. We are the champs. Um, Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez, uh, Daryl Wallace Jr., Dar- Daniel Suarez. Uh, you're sixteen. Bowman, two points back. Keebler Gibbs is 10 points back. And don't discount A.J. Adderall-Mendinger, uh, who we're going to talk about here in a few moments, with the the way the schedule's laying out here uh, through the next nine races. A bunch of good racetracks for him coming up. Uh, Michael McDowell had a nightmare race at Nashville, was able to somehow make it back up a lap down, last car in one lap down, in third 28th so he lost uh points to the cutoff uh was he 20 so 27 points out of the cutoff so the, i mean right now there's like three or four guys that are right on the edge there with uh suarez you got Corey lajoy there who contended for a win at atlanta 
You have Gumby Sindrick, who can win at any road course. Justin Haley actually had a decent weekend uh, for most of the weekend and then fell back to where he usually does. Uh, Reese has moved himself up. Clyde is now in 25th in points, so that's something to look at. Um, yeah, I mean, once basically once you get past, I think, Michael McDowell points-wise, you're going to have to win a race to get in. Uh, and when you look at a lot of these guys, I think the only person that really is likely to win a race amongst that group without help or a miracle is Clyde. Um, I'm going to work under the assumption that both Elliot and, and Bowman somehow or another win a race here in this next nine races. Uh, the win's going to matter more. So I think there's going to be a lot of destruction coming as we go along here. Um, towards the end of the season i mean toyota definitely i mentioned that uh were dominant you had three gibbs cars in the top 10 and then you had five in the top 15 the only one that didn't finish up there was a guy who won the first stage but it's a home game for toyota to be fair because they manufacture trucks in nash in tennessee um We'll see what they're able to do this weekend. Of course, Tyler Reddick won at Coda. Um, so, and then Hamlin uh, went out there at uh, Snoroma and uh, got a, or Truex, it was Truex that got the victory there. Yeah. Uh, so, Toyotas are pretty strong at the road courses. Something we'll see as we go along. Keep on talking about AJ Allmendinger. So, we will now. Uh, oh, wow. So, just before I go there, Sheldon Creed uh, got a 25-point penalty for uh, wrecking Zane Smith because of his radio contact, what he said on the radio. So he basically announced his intent to run over Sammy Smith. Yeah, Sammy that, Smith. What Did I say Zane Smith? Yeah, you said for Zane Smith, but then, yeah. My fault, fun. yeah. So uh, all these Sam Smith. Um, it's like, well, being here in Edison and having a last name Patel. We went there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's huge for Sheldon Creed because he hasn't won yet. Um, I mean, right now he's okay in points, but I don't know if they altered, if they sh they're showing the altered point standings after the penalty. Uh, he was, was it, uh, Sheldon Creed was at, yeah, 444, and now he's at 419. Okay, yeah. So he was, he he dropped one spot, essentially, after all of that. But it's not a good thing. We'll get into the Tennessee Lottery 250, though. Um, AJ Allmendinger gets the victory, makes a pass late there to uh, get that win. You know, the there's really four drivers, or I mean... Chandler Smith was the dominant figure. He won stage two. Uh, the stage one winners, Keebler Gibbs, we'll get into that in a moment. But it was a wreck fest at Nashville in this Xfinity race. Chandler Smith had probably had the best car other than him and Gibbs probably had the two best cars. Uh, neither of them had anything to show for it. Cole Custer got good stage points, led uh, the second most laps on the day. Almendinger, Riley Herbst, Sam Mayer from 34th to 3rd, Austin Hill, who hit everything but the lottery, Josh Berry, 
uh, in his first weekend after announcing that he'll be uh, going to Stuart Haas and taking over the four car in fifth. John Hunter Nemechek, uh, both those guys came out from mid-pack. Zane Smith driving for uh, Sieg RSS Racing, driving the number 28. Blue Oval City Ford gets a seventh-place finish. Uh, Stuart Haas prepared car. Hemrick from 33rd had his elbows up for sure uh, to eighth. Custer and Parker Retzlaff uh, continuing his progression. Um, Kligerman led 22 laps there on a strategy. Chandler Smith, Jeb Burton, who's locked into the playoffs at the moment. Uh, 13th, Moffitt. Got stage points. Allgaier, quiet day for him. So it was also for Sheldon Creed. But yeah, Almendinger Cup Series driver going and winning that race. Not really shocking. Probably wasn't the cup guy we thought was going to win per se. Uh, Just kind of checking now out of curiosity. Um, I didn't even type in who. All right. So that was last week. So he got hurt. And uh, okay. So I pick you picked Barry and I picked John Hunter Nemechek. So it didn't work out. Uh, Moffitt and Hosevar. Well, Hosevar got taken out as collateral damage from one of the hits that uh, Austin Hill gave. I mean, it wasn't anything of great significance, this race. Um, it's a lot tougher with the Xfinity cars. I think there is a lot of anxiousness coming back, running into each other. A lot of inexperience kind of showed. And uh, a guy who has a lot of experience in A.J. Allmendinger benefited uh, because probably Keebler Gibbs was going to run away with this race if... Uh, well, Austin Hill, I'd clean them out there, Josh. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of action that happened in this one. And, um, yeah, I tried tried to tune in uh, for a bit there, but there's just a, a lot of cautions and everything. And, um, you know, this, this race definitely had a lot of that. Uh, a lot of guys running into the back of each other, um, guys getting loose in the middle of the corner and, um, you know, getting into guys. And then you got, like you said, uh, Sheldon Creed doing a little intentional wrecking there possibly or something like that um and you know you had guys at the end like you mentioned hemrick well hemrick i think was in the top three at the end of the race but then he got jacked up by austin hill um in the middle of one and two on the last lap and i think yeah then he fell back to eighth so uh yeah he he definitely had a good run going there uh still still a good run from where he came from of course uh but you know probably could have finished a little bit better and yeah i mean almondinger kind of got um the benefit of the doubt there and was able to pull away at the end um had a good battle going with uh parker kligerman um with the the last part of that race but you know last uh caution there chad chastain spinning out they threw the yellow for that and then another yellow for um josh berry and chandler smith getting into it so you have that and then uh big wreck on coming to the final uh uh, the corner there off the final corner with um coming to the checkers big wreck there so um yeah a lot of action happened in this one um so yeah i think this this one more of a, a lot of cautions happening out of incompetence of the field i think you want to say because everybody a lot of inexperience and possibly jitters coming back from a off you know off week and then i mean nashville you know i think is kind of a tougher track than what most people realize um, I think, you know, also concrete surface, uh, has something to do with it as well. I mean, we've seen concrete tracks, uh, provide a lot of action before, you know, um, Dover concrete track 
place that you know in the past we've seen uh, a lot of yellows um, in you know past races there. Uh, Bristol, another concrete arena that's produced a lot of yellows, and of course it's short track. But I think that, but you know, the point is concrete seems to be a type of track where we see a lot of action. But you know, um, seems like Nashville kind of fits, but in that regard. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Almendinger. I don't think either of us, like you said, expected him to come out and win. But um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of yeah, kind of interesting in a way with all the cautions happened. But yeah, it was definitely way more cautions than would have thought would have happened um, there, uh, and yeah, definitely too many of them. So you know, hopefully this week, obviously there's probably gonna be a lot of cautions, but you know, hopefully, uh, I mean, well, it's a staged free race in Chicago, but definitely yeah, this this uh, race here at Nashville. Way, way too many uh for for the order and everything so yeah i mean uh not not too significant uh of a race but um you know it happened and now we we just had to talk about it so yeah it's nashville to be fair that's what it is uh we're we're not really i mean that's not the most interesting race i think the more interesting part is how a, a group that is against uh nashville fairgrounds being remade because of noise and some other crap was taking pictures off of the xfinity race and saying oh that's why we're gonna go and spend all this government money uh to go and remake the fairgrounds it's like newsflash sparky they're putting a a freaking mls stadium there too so the notion that there isn't gonna be noise and rowdy people there if nashville fc or whatever the hell they're called ends up being good is bs um fact that nashville it's nashville fairgrounds at the end of the day it's not a i mean whatever i'm not that's like a whole other thing like they had formula drift at at uh english town uh this past weekend and it's like for decades they had the summer nationals there and i was one of the classics we should still have that race but a bunch of retards excuse the word i'm sorry um who decided to move in there um cried wolf and said oh it's too noisy when in in that area when you're talking about english town new jersey and in that relative area you had more people bringing money into that town for that one week that they were there than you get the rest of the year one week of pain really for a lot of money to go towards the community i mean that's the problem people don't have common sense so fuck those pieces of shit that made it into a drift track um truck series event at or sorry we'll get into the points my fault uh points austin hill still has three wins uh john hunter's a regular season points leader seven drivers have a win uh, right now josh berry's the best uh place driver that doesn't have one in eighth Daniel Hemrick's 28 points up on Parker Kligerman, 51 on Bruckshot Jones, and 83 on Brent Moffitt. Trucks were there at Nashville on Friday. Um, Carson Hosevar earned uh, his second win of his career uh, this on Friday and won 50000 through the Triple Truck Challenge. Uh, the race results, Hosevar over zane smith the defending series champion nick sanchez who was on pole finished third Corey heim in his return finished fourth bailey curry started on the outside pole uh for uh for um nice finished fifth so best 
finish I think he's had in his whole entire NASCAR career. Purdy 6th, DeBurrito 7th, Ankrum 8th, Ben Rhodes 9th, and Jake Garcia rounded out the top 10. Uh, not a lot of movement amongst that crew. I mean, Tanner Gray, Jake Drew, Endfinger, and Taylor Gray, along with De- Christian Eckes, got some middling stage points. But uh, Zane Smith won stage one, Heim won stage two, um, Heim led the most laps, uh, but Carson Hosevar was up there the whole day and uh, solidified himself in the playoffs, Josh. As somebody, I mean, to be fair, a lot of rumors and things that are going around are saying that he might be the replacement for uh, Josh Berry um, based on the money he brings to the table. But, I mean, we don't know for sure. Um but he's uh, doing pretty well to go and get himself that uh, victory. It was with three races to go in the regular season. Um, it was a great time to get it. Uh, it's not like he was going to get knocked out of the playoffs, to be fair. But he's now seventh in points, only 11 points behind Christian Eckes. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty good deal for him. Uh career year so far for Carson Osovar. It's just a case of what can he do with it once the playoffs start. Yeah, he's having a career year for sure, and definitely I think, you know, it's um, given him better, more credit as a a racer. Um, Of course, last time he won, certainly under dubious circumstances with how he won at Texas, kind of wrecking the leader to win, and, you know, now here uh, at Nashville legitimately winning the race uh you know leading um took the lead off off the you know last restart there but uh you know he definitely um held it throughout the the end led the last 40 laps there so uh good good for him uh being able to um pull that one off and um you know I think for for Carson yeah it's good momentum as you know potentially a replacement for uh Josh Berry there and definitely gives him um better credit as a race car driver and interestingly enough um kind of mirroring ross chastain because ross is also sponsored by worldwide express so that car won in both cup and uh the truck series and so both those guys kind of give themselves an opportunity to um legitimately uh say that they won on an oval now uh you know in, in their respective series so i guess that's kind of interesting there but um, yeah, I mean, good good effort by him. Uh, Zane Smith uh, led led a handful of laps, uh, finishing second. Um, kind of yeah, kind of continuing what it he needed to be doing here, and definitely um, kind of getting back into the groove that he uh, you know was in earlier this year, and um, having a little bit better uh, better luck here uh, as of late, uh, but came up short. Um, um, yeah, I mean Nick Sanchez. Also led a ton of laps there, and Corey Heim led, uh, you know, led the most laps in this race. So, yeah, a lot of these young names starting to make make names for themselves here um, in in this uh, truck series. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's the series for young guys to make their names here. And you know, I think Carson makes himself a legitimate uh, contender here with this win. And so I think you know, have to probably think about the possibility of him making it. You know, a deep playoff run here, and if you know he's able to make it into make it into the final four potentially, so um, definitely a guy to consider here. So um, yeah, I mean this this race, uh, you know, not 
Again, nothing really of significance otherwise, but, you know, I think um, with the way that this championship in the truck series is shaping up, you know, we could see some interesting names pop up, and you know, I think definitely Josefar is one of them. He is a factor because Nice has decided to pick things up this year. I mean, Bailey Curry is proof of that. Um, credit, he shows up and he is a you know driver that is able to drive lesser equipment. Generally speaking, he doesn't wreck. But to go and qualify second and be a factor in a truck series race uh, when for most of his career he's just kind of been a a filler, uh, it means Nice is kind of showing up to the table. I mean, showing up to the plate table plate. And um, it kind of reminds me of when Ross Chastain decided to change points and uh, chase the truck series title. Uh, We'll see if uh, his... uh, his protege can go and win a Pocono like he did uh, a few years ago. Okay, so went through. So the points, yeah, Heim leads overall points, uh, but they're very close in playoff points. Uh, he would definitely benefit from those 15 playoff points if he could earn them. Zane Smith is second, 16 points behind. And Finger, Tymajewski, Ben Rhodes, Christian Eckes, Carson Osovar. Matt DiBurito, Matt Craft, and Nick Sanchez now in the top 10. Six points ahead of Friesen and Tanner Gray. And that's really where the points are at. I think after that, Jake Garcia, good run for him. But uh, from after Tanner Gray, basically, you have to win a race. And uh, in terms of the schedule, there's, what, two races? I think two or three races. Yeah, it's three races to go. Uh, they'll run at Mid-Ohio on July 8th. Then they'll run back-to-back weeks, Pocono and Richmond, and that will uh, determine the playoff grid. And then they'll have a week or a couple weeks off before they go to uh, Indianapolis to Lucas Oil or IRP for the first race of the playoffs. Uh, mentioned, I mean, we mentioned the... The Jimmy Johnson deal for his family. Um, we also talked. I mean, we talked about the Josh Berry announcement, which I think everybody knew about. That he's going to go to the four car next year. Uh, it comes on the heels a day before of um, after I ranted and raved about uh, Chase Briscoe's situation being 31st in points and basically being in no man's land and his cars being the absolute drizzling shits, which, I mean, his car at Nashville wasn't any different. Uh, They went and made the change, and Richard Boswell finally uh, is back on the pit box working with Chase Briscoe. They made a change in turn with Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst even spoke about it after the race, making a... uh, a reference to what Tony Stewart said in his press conference, because to be fair, both Riley Herbst and um, Cole Custer are ride buyers, Uh, or in the case of Cole Custer, he's a benefit of the fact that uh, his father's best friends with Gene Haas. And then uh, Herbst is a ride buyer. Eric Almirola basically only has a ride because of Smithfield. Um, It, when you think about the fact that they could probably get more marketing money and benefit from having Josh Berry as their driver, yet they're saying we're committed to Eric Almirola. Uh, you're committed to mediocrity. It's like you're committed to the freaking Cuban Elliot Sadler. 
Uh, I mean, that's literally what you're, I mean, except he's less, I, I mean, we don't know how racist he is. I mean, he doesn't have Brett Griffin as his uh, spotter, but then Joel Edmonds goes and agrees with stuff that Brett Griffin says. So probably it's not that far off. Um, so I guess he's a good dad and all, but he basically is the Cuban Elliot Sadler. That's what I'm going to call him from now on until he decides to retire because he sucks. Um I didn't know that Miss Hummer could, I mean, Miss Hummer was terrible in that car. I mean, Miss Hummer was terrible in most cars. She wasn't terrible on her knees, of course. But um, uh, when you have Eric Almirola driving around being mediocre, uh, it nobody cared when he was in the 43 car. But being mediocrity, driving for Stuart Haas Racing is a different thing, even though Stuart Haas is... I will give him this, the fact that Stuart Haas is probably the worst multi-car team in this series. Um, and I'm giving a break to Legacy because Legacy is in a freaking transition phase. And now they're in a different flux, so uh, they're definitely the worst multi-car team. That isn't like a shithole organization i can go let's go and check let's see was there anything else that came out uh warnings f1 person oh yeah that's right ryan reynolds and his um uh, McElhaney bought into were part of a group that bought into alpine uh bought a 24 percent stake in alpine um did i i mean we heard about it, a big deal. They made a whole big deal about it on Formula1.com. Um, they own a team and I don't know what level of uh, English soccer that they've advanced up a level. Um, as a Leeds United fan, they're not at the championship yet. So, um, I mean, that's after a couple, two, three years or three years of being in the Premier League. So uh, we'll see if Wrexham ever gets there. But uh, those guys invested in Formula One with their group, that influx of money. Um, so that's um, that's something, I, I guess that's something to um, look at, maybe. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, getting those kind of investors, the, the one thing I felt when I heard that, I'm like, why wouldn't you just invest in Haas? Because they need all the help they can get. And they need to have new perspectives coming from the outside, trying to help them to get somewhere towards that mid, like upper midfield. Because the reality of the world is they're not a manufacturer team. They're, I mean, I get Alpines trying to make cars and bring them to America, which they announced they're going to here in the next, what, three or four years. But I think there would have been a better opportunity, a better connection as American actors to go and uh, join Haas, but whatever. Uh, it is what it is. All right, GSP roundup time. Going to go and ex try to accelerate through this. I'm guilty of taking way too much time most of the time. Uh, go to MotoGP. Let's do MotoGP first. I got a bunch of clips open for Williams merch because I have to support Logan Sargent even though he doesn't get points. Um, MotoGP, Peko Bagnaia, uh, ties Andrea Davizioso for wins, and um, he also is the first back-to-back uh, -back winner at Assen since Valentino Rossi. So, I mean, when you're when you do something that the goat of motorcycle road racing has done, uh, credit to you. Um, it's 
looking like, I mean, it's looking like it's going to be a battle for, you're going to have to run through the defending world champion. Bagnaya is 35 points ahead of Jorge Martin and 36 ahead of Marco Basecki. And then it's a whole different level after that. Um, the results from the Dutch TT, Peko Bagnaya wins by 1.223 seconds over Marco Basecki, 1.925 seconds over Ali Espargaro. Um, the top five were separated in less by less than two seconds. Brad Binder, Jorge Martin round out the top five. Uh, Alex Marquez, Luca Marini, Taka Nakagami, Franco Morbidelli, and Augusto Fernandez. Uh, only 14 classified riders uh, at the end of this race. Oh, God. Lorenzo Salvadori on a third Aprilia actually um, finished 10th or 11th. Everybody else there, Iker Lacuona was actually filling in for Repsol Honda, uh, didn't finish amongst the group. That included Fabio Quattaro, Jack Miller, Joan Zarco, Maverick Vinales, Miguel Oliveira, and Anea Bastaini, who's had a nightmare year this year, and Fabio D.G. Antonio. Mention the point standings briefly. Yeah, Binder, Zarco, round out the top five, Luca Marini in sixth. In Moto2, the results there saw Jake Dixon get I think his first win in Moto2. Ayagura, Pedro Acosta, who's likely going to be going to MotoGP next year. Fermin Aldeguer, Aaron Kinnett round out the top five. Uh, the Americans, Joe Roberts was 18th in front of his teammate by a couple hundredths of a second. And then Sean Dillon Kelly fell off uh, late in the race there. So the point standings for Moto2, Tony Arbolino. Up by eight points on Pedro Acosta. Uh, Jake Dixon with that victory is now uh, 44 points out of the lead. So really that's the battle. Alonzo Lopez is on that edge. Um, Roberts is 18th in points. SDK has not scored a point yet. The NHR or the IMSA six hours at the Glen. Uh, we'll get into that here momentarily um bmw benefits from the disqualification for uh porsche uh post-race technical infraction skid block it was a skid block issue minimum thickness so bmw number 25 for connor d Filippi and nick yelloy yellow yellow yellowly uh, get their win, uh, get the win in the six hours. Connor D. Filippi first win, both of theirs first win in the prototype category. Uh, Yellow Lee first win in the IMSA series, sixth to overall for Connor D. Filippi. 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac, Pippo Durrani, Alexander Sims, and Jack Aiken, and then Tom Blumchrist, Colin Braun in the Meyer Shank Acura, uh, and in LMP2, George Kurtz, the founder of CrowdStrike, won the Pro-Am class with Colin Brown at Lamar, then came back to Watkins Glen with Ben Hanley and current Indy Next points leader Nolan Siegel to win the LMP2 category of six hours at the Glen. Uh, then, so the win was... Uh, 
Yeah, so. And then Riley Motorsports LMP3 with Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga, and Josh Burden won that won that category in the GT Pro. Jack Hawksworth won over uh, Hawksworth got the win, and uh, for them and and Ben Barnacote over Daniel Serra with Davide Rigon in the Ricci Competizione Ferrari. Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor in the Corvette rounded out the podium in GTD. Uh, the number 12 uh, Lexus uh, won with, uh, or I guess, the, I don't know, whichever, I forget which one, 12 or 14, fuck cares. Um, Aaron Tielitz and Frankie Monacalvo. Yeah, 12 car, there you go. Um First win for Monte Calvo in three years. Um, Madison Snow and Brian Sellers in the Paul Miller Racing BMW second, or and Corey Lewis. And then Halen, Jan Halen, Ryan Hardwick, Zachary Robichon in the Wright Motorsports Porsche round out the top three in uh, GTD. Uh, trying to go through the next race for IMSA will be at uh, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, a.k.a. Mossport, uh, the week of July 7th through 9th. So that'll be, we'll get back to that and we'll see what's going on. We're getting in the meat of the schedule for the uh, WeatherTech series here, uh, all the points that are going on with that. Uh, NHRA at Norwalk, they were, uh, all four categories were there. So let's uh, get into that. Uh, the uh, funny car. Oh, so Alex. Oh, Alex Laughlin blew up. That's why. Okay, that's <laughs> the the results from the Summit Equipment Racing Equipment Nationals. In uh, you had Leah Pruitt winning top fuel. Blake Alexander and funny car first funny car win for him. He's won in top fuel before. Matt Hartford's first pro stock win of the year. Hector Arana Jr.'s first pro stock motorcycle uh, win of the year. Uh, for Leah Pruitt, she beat Kyle Wurzel, Mike Salinas, Austin Prock, and Justin Ashley, who's been on a heater here recently uh, there. Ashley beat uh, Clay Milliken, Steve Torrance, and Brittany Force to um, treat her to... Um, to go and get that victory she ran a faster well she ran a slower elapsed time but and but she had her faster speed so that was that in terms of top fuel in funny car blake alexander uh, was able to advance from the 12 spot by beating tim wilkerson alexis DeJoria, both of them red lit bob tasca in the semi-finals smoke tires and then matt hagan in a regular race there, Matt Hagen's had a solid year for sure. Hagen beat Dale Creasy Jr., Robert Height, J.R. Todd to advance to the finals. Pro stock, Matt Hartford from the number one spot beat Fernando Quadra, Derek Kramer, Aaron Stanfield, and Dallas Glenn uh, with a 005 light. Uh, Glenn was basically, basically shut it off on the starting line uh, after getting treed. Uh, Glenn beat Bo Butner, Erica Enders, Troy Coughlin Jr., uh, who had mechanical problems prior to, and then prior to his final where he wasn't able to really do anything. Uh, 
Hector Rana Jr. had a really fast bike the whole weekend. We'll go down. Hector Rana was a number three qualifier. uh, Beats Wesley Wells, Angie Smith, Matt Smith on his way to beat Steve Johnson in the final. Steve Johnson coming off of a win uh, a couple races ago. Beat Chase Van Zant, Eddie Craywick, and Gianna Ivaristo, who actually beat Gage Herrera, who was late on the tree, um, didn't red light. Uh, he had or he had come off of running a six seventy seven in the first round, and then ran six ninety eight in the second round. So surprising there um, in terms of that for NHRA. Ash Justin Ashley leads Steve Torrance by ninety seven. Uh, Leah Pruitt by 106, Brittany Force by 136, and Austin Proc by 138. Uh, Funny Car, Matt Hagen leads Ron Caps by four points. The top five are separated by less than 100, six by 100 exactly. So that's somewhat competitive. Dallas Glenn uh, still leads. Uh, Hartford moves to second, 15 points out of Derek Kramer. And then in Pro Stock Motorcycle, Gage Herrera still holds a huge lead, 189 points on Hector Arana Jr., Steve Johnson third uh, there. And then their uh, schedule here for their next race will be the Mile High Nationals, so starting the Western Swing, so they'll have a few weeks off before that. Rally Kenya saw Sebastian Ogier win another uh rally race no shock guys won i don't know how many world championships uh ogier was able to lead a toyota one through four in in that uh scenario uh sebastian ogier won by 6.7 seconds or yeah so overall yeah so over cali defending world champion cali rovampera and then Alfred Evans, third. Takamoto Katsuda, fourth. Toyota, as I mentioned, gets the top four. Danny Sordo, uh, best Hyundai in fifth. Atanak, best Ford in sixth. Uh, top seven were Rally 1 cars. Uh, the next, however many cars were, was it one, two, three, four cars were Rally 2. Esapeka Lappi finished 12th overall so he didn't get any points in that but probably got some points in the power stage um go through uh formula e at portland actually was able to watch that race uh different announcers and stuff but uh definitely a more interesting race than the usual fare that you get with formula e because they were on a permanent racetrack um for that race uh the results from portland epre uh, which was looked like a super speedway race to be fair in nascar nick cassidy by less than three tenths of a second over jake dennis who qualified on pole tony felix da costa uh for porsche so envision andretti and porsche top three mitch evans uh sebastian buemi top five maxi gunther and six for Maserati, Luca DeGrassi from Mahindra, Pasco Verline, Norman Nato, and Robin Frimes uh, round out your top 10. Uh, point standings, Pascal Verline leads the Formula E World Championship right now. Or no, actually, that's my fault. Jake Dennis 
uh, leads by one point over Nick Cassidy. And then Verline is at 12 and, you know, 16 points. Mitch Evans is in fourth. John Eric Vern in fifth, four points out of Tonya Felix da Costa there in uh, the standings. And then their next race is in over two weeks' time. The uh, World Rally Championship has a gap, so does NHRA. So some of those series we won't be seeing for a little bit. F1 Academy at Zanford, I saw the highlights. Amda Al-Kabasi, Kabasi, that's how they pronounce it. So my fault, Amdal Kabasi got uh, got a couple of the wins there. Uh, uh, or Hamdal Kabasi got race one and race two uh, win, or race three wins, and Schreiner uh, won race two. Standings, Marta Garcia DNF'd in one of the races. So Hamdal Kabasi with two victories and then DNF in the middle while leading is now only five points behind Buhler third um nina marty fourth and abby pulling in fifth uh world Superbikes will be back at donnington uh this coming weekend and it's basically a alvaro bautista benefit and that's yeah world sbk yeah it's an alvaro bautista um you know toprak raskat lioku talking about bmw yeah, so he's second in points, but he's going to be moving to BMW next year. The highest place BMW right now is Garrett Gerloff in 13th. Uh, they haven't run since uh, wherever the hell Emilio Romagna round was. Uh, Alvaro Bautista is 86 points ahead of Rask Adlioku and nearly double the amount of points that Andrea Locatelli has. So it's basically over. Going into Indy next, uh, I mentioned Nolan Siegel uh, winning LMP2. So he's uh, progressing in that way. Um, the standings, he's up by uh, 40 points on Christian Rasmussen. Hunter McElray is in third. Jacob Abel and Daniel Frost round out your top five in that class. They're heading to Mid-Ohio this coming weekend. Uh, FIM World Supercross GP, the first event, uh, is taking place at, uh, in, welcome, yeah, so, Chad Reed. Oh, well, yeah, whatever, who cares, he can't ride anymore. So, he'll, they'll be racing in Birmingham in England this coming weekend. The riders for this uh, series, trying to go through, doesn't show everybody, I guess. Or did they want to bring it up? FIML Supercross, uh, Abu Dhabi, oh, lovely. Um, 40 rider, riders representing nine countries. So, yeah, you know, team's final rosters. That's, uh, Craig Dagger. I don't know what any of that crap is. So, yeah. So, Ken Roxon will be riding uh, in World Supercross uh, with with Kyle Chisholm and uh, on Suzuki's. Uh, trying to see. They don't have the marks where, I guess, the colors, I guess, match for whatever the bikes they're on. Uh, Colt Nichols and Joey Savacci for Rick Ware Racing. I think they're on Husqvarna's. Dean Wilson, Justin Brayton for Firepower Honda. Uh, 
I can't pronounce that guy's name. Uh, but his teammate is Justin Hill. It's a Kawasaki. Georgie Tixier for Honda. Nils with Kevin Morantz, an American. Greg Aranda, French guy. And Thomas Ramet for Team GSM Yamaha. Matt Moss, Australian rider. I don't know what bike that is. Um, Cade Klassen for MDK. Uh thing on the husky with anthony rodriguez cole seeley riding for moto concepts honda with vince freezy grant harlan and josh hill for craig dack motorsports yamaha um okay so there you go well mdk motorsports is ktm uh brickware racing it says kawasaki and yamaha but uh yeah i don't know we'll 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 clarify it more next week once we get some more information uh not all the guys that are running in uh the supercross and motocross championship are running in this deal here uh, getting a formula two getting to the points coming back to um spielberg for austria running back to back weeks here frederick vesti the points leader by 11 over Teo Pocher, Awasa third, Bierman fourth, Dennis Hauger fifth, Hauger to uh, all the way out to Artur Leclerc is what, 21 points? So six, fifth to 13th is pretty close. There with the rumors about Alpha Tori and maybe a couple other rides being available in Formula 3, uh, the standings, Gabriel Bortoletto uh, leads by 24 points on uh, Marty Boganovic, third, Gabriel Mini, fourth, Paul Aaron, fifth. The uh, points are really close um, once you get past Gabriel Bortoletto. Uh, and they have back-to-back weeks going on as well for them. Uh, we don't really need the seven and a half minutes to preview the Austrian Grand Prix. It's become a track where Red Bull... Uh, is dominant. Uh, I think we're both going to pick Max for stopping uh, Josh, but um, yeah, I mean, I know I am. Uh, but I'll let you choose who you think is going to finish second and third. It is a sprint weekend this weekend. So uh, qualifying on Friday with one practice, then they'll have another practice on Saturday with the sprint. And then you'll have the race on Sunday. Well, I mean, it's a Red Bull home race here uh, for the team. So I think it would really be disappointing if, I mean, obviously Verstappen's going to win. That's out of the question, right? But I think it would be disappointing if um, Sergio Perez did not take second to make it a 1-2 Red Bull uh, finish uh, there. So uh, I will go Sergio Perez uh, finishing in second on on the podium and you know i'm gonna take lewis hamilton third uh, i think you know they've made improvements here uh as of late and i think you know they i think mercedes think they'll have some good pace here this upcoming weekend and um i think he has a good chance lewis of getting on the podium so uh getting closer for lewis maybe maybe uh have a better chance this season of getting a win if possible but uh you know think it's going to be all red bull this weekend for sure yeah i agree um i i mean i already said i picked max or stopping but i'm going to go with what the trend has been here recently which is fernando alonso and uh lewis hamilton 
I mean, it's more recency bias, but the fact is Alonzo's been up there a good part of the year. And when Lewis has a car that can compete, he's running as far up front as he can. So those are my picks. I think the better battles are in the midfield, what some of these teams can do uh, amongst themselves to make sure that they're able to um, compete with these uh, top flight teams and get the kind of points they need uh, to compete. Honda Indy 200, Mid-Ohio, classic course, for IndyCar, um, you know, it's a place where uh, you need to be precise. Uh, going off track is very detrimental, but then I think that's any track. But, you know, when it comes to, uh, you have to be very precise in an IndyCar there because of how tight the confines are. Uh, Scott McLaughlin is the defending uh, race winner there. Uh, I'll try to bring up so average, yeah. So the best average finish, and it makes sense since that's who my pick was going to be. I'm going to pick Scott Dixon. Um, he needs a win to kind of really set up a possible comeback, yet another comeback for a championship. Alex blows way up there, mid Ohio, and so after that, that's it's a really tough question. Uh, after that. Um, I mean, I might as well, well, is that, that's not, that's not chalk per se. Um, trying to see people who have won, uh, yeah, none of those. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to go with Alexander Rossi second and Scott McLaughlin third. So we'll go, uh, Rossi second, McLaughlin third this coming weekend at Mid-Ohio. What say you, Josh? Well, I mean, I'm going to continue to go with the hot hand here in IndyCar right now, and that's Alex Pelot, obviously. He, three out of the last four races in this series and um, just been completely dominant in all forms here. So I'm just going to pick him because I, I think he's... Uh, right now, hands on the favorite to win the title. Um, so I'll, I'll pick him. Um, I'm going to go Joseph Newgarden second, and then I will also take McLaughlin in the Thirsty Threes in third place because he's been pretty good this at this track as well. So the bus boys or bus bros will uh, round out the podium behind the uh, runaway championship leader who looks like he's 12. And his dad looks like he's 14. Um, I don't know what they're drinking in the island of Mallorca, but I think they need to send that out to us or wherever the hell they are in in Spain uh, for sure. Now the fun one. This next couple of weeks is going to be good on the show because a couple of wild card races uh, coming up here. First is the Xfinity race. Um, that'll be the, what is it, the high the loop to 121, 43 for 38 spots. Uh, going in there, you got Weatherman back in the four car. I don't know who they announced in the 07, uh, if they have announced anybody. I think it's probably Stefan Parsons, it feels like. Or no, Spencer Pumpally. Oh, there you go. Spencer Pumpally will be in uh, one of uh, Ryan Eversley and Andy Lally's besties will be running in the 07 joey gase will be in the 08 interesting uh justin allgaier well no you know justin allgaier uh the 10 for colleague did they say anything about 
that? Did they say Adrian Almanero was going to run the 10 car? Uh, it's going to be the car owner this time, Justin Marks, in the one-off super one Oh, yeah, that's right. Me. That's right. Um, Trackhouse Racing co-owner uh, Justin Marks will um, run in Xfinity Race. He's running in TA1 these days um, to stay warm. So that's uh, so that's a good hire in that sense. Um, Connor Mozak will be driving the 19 for Gibbs. Um, Parker Chase will be in the 24 for Sam Hunt. Um, Andre Castro probably going to start. They're probably going to fail to qualify. Um, Alex LeBay for Emerling Gase. Interesting. Uh, fellow Canadian uh, Alex Gwinnett will be driving the 36, which is usually the car that LeBay drives. Joe Graff back in the 38. Uh, Ryan Ellis in the 43 with Sage Karam. Uh, Preston Pardis will be driving his family run number 50. Uh, Brad Perez will be driving the number 53 for Emerling Gase. Dawson Cram back for CHK in the 74. Miguel Paludo running the 88 for Brandt Energy and Junior Motorsports. Dexter Bean in the 91. And Brent Sherman making a return to NASCAR, um, or at least trying to uh, this weekend in RSS Racing 28 car that Zane Smith last week with Stuart Haas help uh, was able to run up front. Uh, Josh, you get first picks on the Xfinity uh, at Chicago. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be interesting, right? I mean, I think this series, obviously, we've seen the differences. We don't have to get into it or anything, but uh should be interesting how these particular cars, kind of the old-style design of a uh, stock car, comparing it to the gen you know next gen car how this is going to perform on a street course but uh it's kind of yeah a wide open event like you said um and in, in a way i mean i you know kind of lean towards the guys in the series who have uh road racing experience and um everything so yeah this is going to be interesting here um i'm going to i'm going to go on a yeah pick here i'm yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna stick with the the chalk pick here and uh, go go Justin Allgaier. You know he should have won at um you know he should have won back in uh you know well many many road course races. So and he's good at the road course. And he has won road course races too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with him here uh, this weekend. I think he he's got enough experience here on on the street course well on road racing to be able to navigate this course which i think the challenge is going to be just how bumpy it is here so yeah i'll go with him um wild card uh you know what i'll just go with justin marks here as the wild card solid i think it's gonna be a interesting one there because yeah he's been doing trans am racing and um he is a road racing guy i mean if you look at his career and everything um he spent a lot of time doing road racing and um his one xfinity win did come on i mean it was on a road course not a street course in the but, rain too uh in the rain too so if he can get in the rain when i mean i remember that one that was a really really wet day at mid ohio in 2016 so if he can get it done there then he can probably get it done uh on the bumpy streets of chicago so be interesting to see how that one plays out 
Yeah, and then he doesn't have to worry as much. I don't know about the Trans Am. I think the TA1 cars are sequential, but um, he'll be okay running the H pattern. Won't be as big of a deal for him. Um, but yeah, Allgaier is a steady pick. Can't really go wrong that way uh, with him. For me, uh, man, you know, because it's a lot of regulars. It's not like there's really... Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, it's really a hard choice. I mean, Custer's coming off of winning at Portland. Um, that wouldn't be a bad idea. You got some of these guys, they really need a win uh, to solidify their spot in the playoffs. Retzloff has been making a lot of progress here recently. Um, I'm going to go Sheldon Creed as my winner, get his first career win, and then uh, I'm going to go with Retzloff as... Uh, my wild card. I mean, I think Retzlaff, the more reps he gets, because he is a iRacing I first guy, he didn't get into actual cars uh, before he was on, on the sim. And so I think every rep, every lap is a learning experience for him. The Jordan Anderson team is not known for always having the best equipment, but they've had better equipment this year uh, on the notion that it becomes a demo derby. He could end up benefiting and so i mean creed needs to get a win as well to be fair um and then so i mean we'll see what happens with that i one of these two races is going to be a destruction derby now which one it is to be determined i'll go to the cup series race which will be the grand park 220 um again the entry list of course uh jimmy johnson as we mentioned earlier will not be entered so 37 cars in this field um trying to see who um oh yeah the track house 91 which will have um, multiple uh v8 supercars champion shane van gisbergen driving in the project 91 machine um Jensen Button will be back this weekend uh, with Jerry Kelly um, as his crew chief and the Mobile One Ford for Rick Ware. Andy Lally will be driving the 51 for Rick Ware with Camping World sponsorship. Um, Ty Dillon will be driving a Chicago White Sox car. Uh, Enhance Health for the 91, Worldwide Express for 99. Um, just gonna go through here. Chastain with Advan Health, uh, Dylan Bioethanol, Gear Wrench on Harvick's car, Elk Grove Village on Brad Keselowski, Celsius for Corey LaJoy, 3 Chi for Kyle Bush, uh, William Clyde Elliott the second with Hooters, Hooters, um, Denny Hamlin in the Yahoo car, um, uh, my was a Menards Dutch boy for uh, Hamlin. Uh, Briscoe back in the Mahindra car. Mentioned Mobile One, Jensen Button. I don't know what that sponsor is for AJ Allendinger, but we'll pretty much see him up front. Uh, here we go through the Craftsman Racing for a Miracle, Chris Bell. Uh, McDonald's back on 23 for Darrell Walsh Jr. Uh, William Byron, Valvoline. I don't even know what that company is. That's on Haley's car. McDowell, Chicago Pneumatic Compressors. And then Todd Gillen, Generator Skills, Priest, Operating Engineers in 41, uh, Baconator for Gagson, and then Der Draver for Eric Jones, Mariano Sunny D on O. Richard's car, and that's it. So, 
I mean, I don't think I could go wrong if I keep on doing this until it happens. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go William Clyde Elliott, the second to win the inaugural street race in Chicago. And my wild card pick might surprise people uh, based on certain performance and whatever lack of experience, but that's why it's a wild card. Um, I'm going to choose Jensen Button as my wild card. So ended up. Uh, picking ended up going and picking the uh where was i at picking just randomly blanked out um my apologies uh i said that um clyde okay yeah clyde and then and button as well card yeah josh you get to close the segment this week um who are your picks for uh chicago this weekend in cup Sorry, um, didn't realize I was on mute there, trying to switch back between windows, but... Um, no problem. Yeah, looking at the entry list and everything, but uh, no, I think Tyler Reddick is going to be the guy this weekend. Um, you know, I think he's uh, been really good, of course, last year, two road course race, or three, you know, two road course wins, and um, you know, I think, you know, this year he's been phenomenal at at that winning at Coda. So I think he gets his second career or second win of the season and second win, uh, with, uh, the 45 team, uh, here, uh, this weekend. And I think they, they get it done here. Uh, wild card. I mean, you went with, uh, Jensen there. So I'll go with the other Wickware car here, Andy Lally in the 51, uh, with camping world sponsorship this weekend. So, uh, you know, he's, been pretty experienced with road racing as well so um and he knows how to get it done years of experience uh racing in sports cars uh which you know very very similar to this type of car so let's see what he can get done here this weekend uh racing in in chicago so should be interesting like you said and you know i think you know with this car um how it handles it should be um should be interesting to see especially you know with all the bumps and stuff in the streets of chicago and um not sure there's going to be much passing at all. I mean, we've seen the iRacing event um, at the I guess, fake version of the Speedway before uh, they of the street race before um, it became a thing. Um, kind of kind of interesting design, but don't really think there was a whole lot of passing that manifested uh, from that um, based on what I've seen on all the iRacing clips and everything. It's kind of interesting how this track, you know became a thing out of iRacing the design at least i mean sure they had thought about the concept and everything beforehand but the fact that you know it was designed in iRacing first and now uh it was a real racetrack now for the time being obviously a temporary road course being set up and everything but kind of crazy how that came about you know we had north wilkesboro come about because of iRacing effectively and now we have this come out of because of iRacing so um, and plus the Atlanta super speedway is, was also simulated in iRacing. So kind of crazy how the sim stuff comes out of that and becomes a reality in a way. So yeah, kind of interesting. So we'll see how this one plays out. Um, should be interesting, but, um, could be a new phase of NASCAR if it goes right. And we see more street courses come about, uh, you know, on the schedule in the later seasons, whether it's at Chicago or other locations yeah definitely and we'll come back next week uh for episode 176 of the gsp and uh definitely uh go over that um amongst 
the of course IndyCar F1 and everything else will be going on. Uh, Josh, you definitely led into it uh, there at the end, talking about all the tracks that have been in iRacing and in the sim world. So uh, it's your time to shine. Let us know what's going on in the world of sim and gaming. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, the iRacing, how, how much of a influence it's had on NASCAR, um, especially in the last three years and everything. So that's, um, I don't think, I don't really think they've really talked about that necessarily. I mean, I think a lot of people know that, but at least here, just how, like, I mean, I think North Wilkesboro, you know, that was kind of manifesting a lot of fan energy that had been sitting there for years trying to get something to happen. But, I mean, this one literally came out of thin air uh, in a way. So um, I feel like they haven't really stated just how significant that is it came out of the sim uh, into real life. But, yeah, definitely definitely a thing that has happened, and uh, we're about to see it this upcoming weekend. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, personally for me, yeah, last... Last week, um, did uh, some i racing at Indianapolis in the uh, Gen Four car, and uh, definitely got to kind of experience going 200 miles an hour in the Cup car, going into Turn One at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Turn Three. Um, kind of interesting experience. Was a little bit, a little bit on the slower end, trying to trying to get a handle on it. Just um, it was really loose in corner entry, corner exit, really, really loose. So. Um, still able to try to fight for position there at certain points, but yeah, it was uh, definitely a tougher, tougher than I expected, you know, especially being used to kind of being flat out in the Indy car and being able to use multiple lanes there. So definitely different, different experience there. Um, I actually got ran over a couple of times because I guess I was on older tires and other guys were on newer tires and got ran over, uh, cause they drove deeper into the corner than I did. And I was, I guess, in the way and um whatever uh i don't really know why people can't do that but um can't can't go in you know the corner cleanly you're responsible for passing the other guy in front of you and make being able to make it a clean pass but i don't know that's my opinion um so got ran over a couple times but you know it's whatever it's been passed now uh there and then also also did some road racing watkins Glen, uh the uh gt yeah gt4 class uh challenge uh 30 minute uh timed race and running on the boot uh configuration of walking Watkins Glen so definitely fun there GT4 cars with uh, the BMW and um Porsche uh Lamborghini I think is another car class in the or car making that class and then also had the Liger prototype which I think is like basically the iRacing's uh LMP2 car that they run on there and um definitely kind of interesting running in the much slower gt cars going up against the prototypers that are definitely seconds faster than us and having to you know you're battling somebody for position in gt class and you know you're in the boot and um going up you have a prototype car coming up in your mirror and you have to get out of the way uh or in everything so yeah, definitely kind of interesting having that experience because uh, I haven't really raced, you know, against a prototype car in iRacing being in another class. So um, especially, you know, with the, how fast those cars can be, you um, got to be able to manage traffic and manage your own race and not impede the other, you know, other classes race, especially if, you know, they're the ones that are much faster. So kind of kind of interesting dynamic there and definitely got a better 
understanding of um you know multi-class road racing especially with uh what we see in imsa and other you know series that we talked about on here um and everything so that yeah, was fun um i think this week this week, of course i racing um for uh i racing let me pull up the schedule here touring touring car turn yeah the the touring car challenge at daytona and on the road course which that that one uh the honda civic uh, is in in that one um, along with the Hyundai Elantra and our Audi RS3 and the Hyundai uh, Velocitor there so that's always a good challenge in the Honda Civic is as, as I mentioned um, Formula IR uh, which is Dallara's uh, iRacing Formula car at uh, Long Beach got the uh, yeah the uh, what was it called the Formula Fords uh, on the road course Charlotte road course so that should be interesting, uh, interesting there. And you've got the GT4 Challenge, uh, which is the one that I was talking about earlier uh, at Watkins Glen last week. Now that one's at Long Beach uh, Street Circuit, so another challenge at Long Beach. Um, you got MX5s at Olden Park there, so that should be fun, as always. Um, you've got uh, yeah, GT3 uh, at Daytona Road Course, so as always fun to be able to race on, you know, different classes, different degrees on the Daytona course there. So, yeah, it's pretty much all the ones available for um, road course racing there. Let me pull up the oval schedule there here, uh, which, yeah, I think, obviously, we know we know that the Cup Xfinity Series is going to be at the Chicago Street course uh, there. So, yeah, the class NASCAR Class A, that's the Cup Series, and uh, Class B uh, at the... Uh, um, Chicago Street Course, obviously been on iRacing now for you know a few years. Just debuted in 2021. Um, NASCAR Class C, of course, the trucks at uh, Chicagoland Speedway. That be, should be interesting there. Then you've got IndyCar Delara IR18 at the 2009 Michigan International Speedway configuration. So before the repave in 2011. Uh, so that should be interesting with a little bit more. I think a little bit more action there because it's a groove or worn out racetrack so it'll probably be similar to you know what we saw at fontana and everything so that should be interesting um got the gen 4 cars at las vegas this weekend or this week so should be you know interesting there um you've got the legend cars at daytona on the oval so 2008 oval so expect um you know a lot of a lot of uh you know drafting a lot of racing there and of course Ran that one a bunch, so uh, looking forward to being able to have some time to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, you've got, let's see, what else What else is on here? Um, short tracks, you've got Cars Tour at Myr- Myrtle Beach. Of course, Myrtle Beach d- no longer existing in real life, so this be a chance for, um, you know, for short trackers who miss racing there in real life, uh, being able to hop on the sim and race in the preserved version of this speedway. So um, always a good opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, there, so um, yeah, that's that's it for me. I racing, um, yeah, lot lots of opportunities, and of course, you know, like I said, with uh, Chicago Speedway and or well, Chicago Street Course and Chicago Land, of course, nobody races there anymore. So obviously, an opportunity whether you're in trucks or Xfinity or Cup to try try any of those tracks. So um, we'll see we'll see Chicago Street Course, you know, this weekend. If it looks like what they ran on iRacing a couple years ago, if um, you know it looks better than that, or um, if iRacing made it look too good to be true, uh, 
relatively speaking. So we'll see uh, what it looks like this weekend. But yeah, that's it for me. Um, as always, when stream uh, Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 go on there and you know watch when whenever I stream. So um, yeah, I'll post a link when it's live, um, and you know hopefully have an opportunity to watch or you know catch the stream. So there's that, and of course Twitter you, um, at JP Huffine. Go on there and see all all my takes and everything on you know what I have to say and you know motorsports and uh, you know sports in general. Of course, uh, this past week was the uh, NCAA College World Series for men's baseball. Um, and Florida Gators were in it and uh, ended up losing uh, in Game 3. Uh, after Game 2, they had a big win and 24-4 over the uh, LSU Tigers. And then Game 1, going into extra innings and then losing by one run to LSU. And then gave it all up uh, on last night uh, against the Tigers and lost, uh, I think, 19-3 to or something like that. So, or no, uh, Four, 14 to 4 so yeah uh unfortunate showing but yeah at least uh they made it to the college world series and it was kind of fun hadn't really watched college baseball really until now seeing the gators making into the college uh you know finals and everything so that was kind of cool but yeah definitely talked about that one uh on twitter but um yeah of course our channel group share podcast youtube go in there and subscribe um, of course, go on there, watch or listen in the background, however you want to do that. So definitely go on there and look at our, our channel and, um, you know, like, subscribe and interact with us. So, yeah, that's it uh, for this week. Of course, always glad to be on the show um, and, you know, being able to discuss all the things that happen in world sports and um, looking forward to being able to uh, do that next week, of course. And, you know, we've got Independence Day coming up next week. So, um early happy independence day to everybody and of course um we'll be seeing it again next week of course because it'll probably be independence day when we do this so uh yeah i was always glad to be able to do it absolutely man uh we do this thing we kept it going we keep it going four plus years now uh doing this deal so 175 episodes tell people about it people are impressed you know to have a show that keeps going and uh yeah so i mean uh Pre-Independence Day, definitely. Um, we'll talk about that. If the way the timing works, we'll probably be doing it. So that'll be something. Uh, we'll come back next week and recap all the motorsports uh, of the week and what happened at uh, at Chicago in the street course and IndyCar Mid Ohio Formula One Austria Grand Prix uh, roundup. Uh, partially the the last four bits there that I mentioned from this week. Then IMSA will be back at Moss Sports, Supercars of Townsville. They're, they keep on trying to do BOP or whatever um, can, to make sure that Ford can actually compete. They need to do it in NASCAR too. Um, Extreme E will be back, Island E Pre, and then WEC and F1 Academy at Monza. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then the, uh, I messed up, yeah. So, uh, or yeah, British Grand Prix preview for Formula One Cup and Xfinity at Atlanta with the Tate Fogelman algorithm coming back out of um, the moth, out of the hibernation in the mothballs, wherever it was, wherever it lays in the uh, stratosphere uh, when it's not being used. Uh, you can find me at PG Matthew. 
28 on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Philip G Matthew 28 on or Philip G Matthew. Yeah. Philip G Matthew 20 on Instagram. You can find the grips for podcasts basically anywhere you hear podcasts. But as Josh mentioned, you can find it on our YouTube page at uh, the grips for podcast YouTube page. See the videos, video feeds of our shows. Uh, you can go and listen to the show as well. Um, you can find the podcast on Apple, but you can also Apple, Amazon Music, etc. But you can also find it on philipgmatthew.com, my blog site. And um, yeah, so we'll be back. Episode 176 next week for the GSP. And um, keep on going with this deal, Independence Day version, uh, possibly next week. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. And um, we'll see you around the other side.